0: So, you want to fly, huh? Well, it ain't going to be easy, and it ain't going to happen overnight either. You see, flying takes three things. Hard work, perseverance, and hard work. You said hard work twice. That's because it takes twice as much work as perseverance. swallow. Welcome to the Mad Max Minute. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we are watching the 2000 animated film Chicken Run, directed by Peter Lord and Nick Park. The animation and filmmaking team that have brought you such productions as Wallace and Gromit, as well as Flushed Away and Shaun the Sheep. You know, it's the British claymation dudes. This movie was written by Peter Lord and Nick Park. They did the original story. The screenplay was done by Carrie Kirkpatrick, with additional dialogue by Mark Burton and John O'Farrell. It stars Mel Gibson as Rocky, Julia Sawala as Ginger, and Phil Daniels as Fletcher.
1: Also includes Timothy Spall Mm -hmm. and Miranda Richardson.
0: Now, usually you ask this question, but I'm going to ask it this time. Julia, why are we watching this movie?
1: We are watching this movie for the number one reason is because it has Mel Gibson in it. Mm -hmm. The second very close... Second reason is because it is a retelling of The Great Escape, which really has no connection to the Mad Max universe. The connection to Mad Max is Mel Gibson, but his inclusion in the film isn't what makes this a great film. The fact that it's a recreation of The Great Escape is what makes it a good movie.
0: You could also say that it's somewhat related to Beyond Thunderdome because it's Mel Gibson coming into a situation where a bunch of people are held captive and they have to escape using some sort of odd-looking mechanical device. So it's very underworld, third act of Beyond Thunderdome-esque in a way. It's a bit of a stretch.
1: A little bit, but you know... You do you.
0: With hiatus material, it's always a stretch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So the short summary of this movie from IMDb, when a cockerel apparently flies into a chicken farm, the chickens see him as an opportunity to escape their evil owners. Now, this isn't the first time either of us have seen this movie.
1: No, and I'm actually really looking forward to reviewing a movie that I have seen before that I have prior knowledge of and maybe a bit of a deeper understanding or at least a more familiarity with it than our standard hiatus fair, where it's a movie we've never seen.
0: When this movie came out, was early teens, so I probably saw this movie in the theater. Really? Probably.
1: I knew of this movie's existence when it came out, but it took a little while for me to understand that it was a retelling of The Great Escape, and so I didn't see it till years after it came out.
0: Okay, so I looked up Chicken Run on IMDb, and I went over to their trivia page, and it says, very specifically, that... There were scenes deleted from the finished film, including Fowler becoming an alcoholic, a chicken eaten by the watchdogs in an escape attempt, Rocky's sole escape from the farm by hiding in a egg basket, and a more elaborate climax involving Mr. Tweedy's mini, a truck, a combine harvester, Rocky and Ginger jumping over hedges on a trike, very similar to Steve McQueen. In The Great Escape. So in the original cut, apparently, there were more obvious illusions than the ones that remain behind.
1: Okay. I can see why, if you have to cut runtime, that you would cut those illusions to The Great Escape, because it's not an exact retelling. It is a broad retelling.
0: Well, let's not sell them short. There are still a lot of illusions to The Great Escape.
1: So if you have to cut time cutting out some of those illusions, you can afford
0: Now, if I remember right, Steve McQueen does not succeed in jumping over that barbed wire.
1: No, he does not.
0: So if you want to pay tribute, (laughs) do the successful things.
1: The problem was is that the Great Escape really didn't have many successful things. The Great Escape was them failing over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, but they successfully dug a tunnel and they do a tunnel in this movie. They have the ball bouncing thing that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, I think given the two, you'd probably want to watch the original. But hey, it's The Great Escape for kids.
1: It is definitely a kid's version, but... I would also highly recommend watching The Great Escape.
0: So, do you have any expectations for this next walkthrough?
1: I expect to be more relaxed about watching this movie for two reasons. I am more familiar with it, and it's a kids' movie. The last movie that we watched, Tommy, I felt very kind of high strung about the whole thing. Yeah. The whole experience was very intense. This one, I already feel more relaxed.
0: I wouldn't say that I have any great expectations for this movie because it is a kid's movie. I usually am not super impressed by them, but I also remember seeing this in the theater and I remember how great the art style is, how unique that Lord and Park pairing can be when they put a movie together. So I'm looking forward to seeing that again. I think it'll be a good time. I don't think it'll be as infuriating as some other kid movies that we've watched in the past. (laughs) So what we're going to do, we're going to go watch the movie. I'm going to play the trailer for everyone listening here, and when we get back, we'll have watched the movie and we'll talk about it. Ever wonder what chickens do when you're not looking?
1: Operation Cover Up! No chicken escapes from Tweedy's farm! You've got to get out of here.
0: I know our last escape attempt was a bit of a fiasco. These chickens are planning a little getaway. The plan is, we go over the wire. Oh, that might work. Now, they may have found their only hope. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. You've been a wonderful audience. Ow! Her name's Rocky. And what brings you to England? Why, all the beautiful English chicks, of course. Pushy Americans. Hi, how are you? Overpaid, oversexed, and over here. Which funk is mine? What is it? It's a pie machine. Chickens go in, pies come out. Ooh, what kind of pies? We're all going to fly over that fence, and Mr. Rhodes is going to show us how. Did you say fly this summer i don't want to be a pie i don't like grid. rocky i'm coming from the academy award winning creators of wallace and gromit uh, Up will be down before you can say mixed vegetables dare to dream it's a better place out there and get ready to fly The event of an emergency, put your head between your knees and kiss your bum goodbye. Chicken Run. I mustn't panic. We mustn't panic. And we're back. Yes, we are. So, initial reaction from Chicken Run.
1: There were more references in it than I remember. I think stuff. Steph- then I maybe didn't understand at a younger age. <laughs> Particularly, the one that comes to mind first is Rocky's first line: "Is his cry of freedom." Mm-hmm. That was pretty great. <laughs>
0: I found the movie charming and delightful. Yeah. I'm trying to think as to why this movie I didn't have a problem with, whereas other movies that we've watched that were kid-related in the past, I have had a problem with. And I don't know, maybe it was with Happy Feet, it was past my time with Pocahontas, I was expecting more from it, or we just were having too much fun tearing it down. This one? I don't know I didn't really go into it with any major preconceived notions and so the whole thing just I enjoyed it
1: I think I enjoyed our previous younger audience movies more than you did in previous hiatus episodes but of the three we've done so far this is my favorite out of Happy Feet Pocahontas and Chicken Run this is my favorite
0: so should we get into it by all means Okay, so Chicken Run begins with, I guess, a little bit of a montage. It starts off, we join up with this chicken named ginger and she's got a delightful little green hat on and she grabs a spoon runs over to the fence of this chicken farm that is so blatantly designed to be a concentration camp that it's almost laughable how much of a concentration camp this place is and she uses that spoon to dig under the fence and she tries to help other chickens escape but they get caught up in shenanigans and it does not go well
1: well the reason they get caught up is because ginger is a relatively small chicken all the other chickens are pretty fat chickens mm-hmm. like they look more like chickens yeah just, with just wide bottoms the hole she digs is only big enough for her so the first chicken that goes through is a large chicken and she gets stuck and that's where chaos reigns
0: It's here that we get introduced to Ginger, the other hens, we get to see Mr. Tweety, who likes to take his dogs out to patrol the chicken farm, and we also get our first view of Mrs. Tweety, because Ginger, as she's being chased around the farmyard, Runs into the front door of the farmhouse, and Mrs. Tweedy opens the door, and she's like, "What is this chicken doing out?" And so Mr. Tweedy grabs Ginger and throws her in the coal bin, and that is solitary confinement here at the Tweedy's chicken farm.
1: I was delighted by the things that they chose to bring over from The Great Escape. This opening montage actually translates quite a bit of The Great Escape story, condenses it down into a montage puts it in chicken run Mm -hmm. the whole bit with the solitary confinement and the ball bouncing the multiple attempts at escape even the actual great escape which is the tunnel gets referenced in the opening montage
0: and they do that thing where they pop out of the tunnel and they are not quite as far from the fence as they necessarily want to be they actually pop out of the hole face-to-face with a dog, and Ginger gets thrown right back into the coal bin. So each time an escape plan fails, we see Ginger thrown into the bin anew, which I'm pretty sure is something that directly happens to Steve McQueen's character in The Great Escape.
1: Oh yeah, it is a direct reference.
0: And so after, oh gosh, so many attempts and so many days stuck in the bin, Ginger is released back into the population once again. And they have to assemble quickly for a roll call inspection or something like that. And Mrs. Tweedy comes out, takes a look at the egg production statistics, grabs one of the chickens and brings them over to the slaughter barn to be turned into dinner. And that makes Ginger very upset. I
1: appreciated that they didn't really draw this out too much. They drew out the tension of... What are they lining up for? Is there going to be a consequence of this lining up? They drew that out a little bit. But once Mrs. Tweedy grabbed the chicken that I can't remember her name. It was like Evangeline or something like that. Something like that. Geraldine, something like that. Once Mrs. Tweedy grabbed the chicken, it was pretty quick. It wasn't overdone. Witnessing one of their friends... Being slaughtered re-energizes Ginger to Mm -hmm. find a way out.
0: And Ginger works with another hen named Mac. And Mac is named such because she is very blatantly Scottish.
1: Oh yeah. This is a very direct, perhaps the most direct reference to a character from The Great Escape.
0: I don't remember the Scottish character in The Great Escape. Do they have a specific tartan that they wear?
1: Uh, I think it's a copy of Danny, the Tunnel King. Mm -hmm. And no, he does not wear any kind of tartan.
0: Because Max sure does. She has a very specific scarf that has a tartan on it.
1: And if we were doing this movie one minute at a time, we would look up what tartan it is, but we're not going to.
0: Because we just barely watched this movie again. And I think the process of going through and querying the National Tartan Registry is kind of a long and drawn out process from what I've heard from Uh, different podcasts that have tried. I
1: would do a Google search. Yeah? An image search on Google. Okay.
0: But like to get into the actual official Tartan registry and poke through their records. Based on what I've heard in the past of people trying to get a hold of them. They don't let people just show up.
1: Right. But in that same article that you're referring to, it says that the whole database is online.
0: Oh, well, that's pretty easy.
1: We're still not going to do it though.
0: Aside from Mac, Ginger also has some other associates. They have a loose partnership that happens. It's two mice that... To run around the barnyard and steal things that Ginger asks them for so that she can make new and inventive ways for them to escape.
1: And in the past, they have been content to receive chicken feed as payment, but that's no longer good enough for them. They want eggs. But if the chickens don't turn in eggs, they get slaughtered. So Ginger says, we can't sacrifice any eggs. They are too valuable. So she loses the help of the rats.
0: And Ginger's not the only one that is having trouble with, I guess, finances, if you want to say it, because we cut into the house and Mrs. Tweedy is very displeased with the profits that they are bringing into this chicken farm based solely on egg production. And I love this gag because she's sitting there. She's like, I'm fed up with these minuscule profits. And then she looks down at her desk and there's an ad that says, are you tired of minuscule profits? (laughs) And it is an ad for a chicken pie making machine. And so she decides that that is going to be the direction that the Tweety egg farm is going to go in. It's not her farm she married in Into it but she has decided the new direction that they are going to follow which
1: doesn't really make a lot of sense to me if you use chickens for their eggs you get to keep using them for their eggs until they stop producing eggs and all it costs you is maintenance and feed but if you're killing chickens solely for their meat it costs you more feed and you only get one use out of them
0: Mm -hmm. another thing that i see as wrong with this chicken pie strategy is that the chicken farm does not have the facilities necessary for widespread breeding
1: no no like they should have a pen dedicated solely to breeding
0: yeah they've got hundreds of hens it seems and only one rooster right an old rooster at that named fowler and so they really don't have the right setup to do this but it's the story that we're going with
1: And also, one more thing that kind of bothered me is, can you imagine how expensive that machine was?
0: I imagine it was very expensive.
1: The amount of upfront costs they would have had to fork over just to get the machine. And the machine doesn't even come ready to use. They have to put it together.
0: We might have gotten a discount for having to put it together themselves. Sort of like an Ikea situation.
1: That sounds like the sort of thing Mrs. Tweedy would do.
0: Now, Mr. Tweedy is an interesting character because he is actively suspicious of what these chickens are planning. And at every turn, he is gaslighted by Mrs. Tweedy. He's like, oh, those chickens, they're working together. They're planning against us. And she's like, shut up. You're being dumb.
1: Yeah, I really like Mr. Tweedy. His introduction to us when he was capturing Ginger upon one of her escape attempts was he was a very menacing figure. And then once he gets in the presence of Mrs. Tweety, we find out she's the menacing figure. And he is also oppressed and being used as manual labor. And he's a little dim-witted. But in his job of watching over the chickens, he sees enough of them that he realizes something's going on. (laughs) I think my favorite one was when he caught them using binoculars. It's great.
0: Back inside the chicken coop, Ginger and Mac are trying to debut a new method of escape. They've decided to try to use a catapult, and so Mac has built this tiny example and they take a turnip that they've dressed up like a chicken and they load it in the catapult and they let it fly and the turnip flies across the room and smashes flat into a wall it's not a demonstration that inspires a lot of confidence
1: Yes, you're right, although I'm a bit confused because Mac is supposed to be an engineer. So she built this contraption that stops and therefore flings its subject forward at an angle that's too high so that the subject lands too low. Like, you just need to pull that stopping point back a bit rather than it being straight up at 90 degrees, pull it back a bit so that the object launches earlier and gets a higher arc. Mm -hmm. And then later on down the movie... They're talking about thrust and Mac is like, oh, of course we need thrust. Well, they already devised a machine that would give them thrust. They're dumb chickens is what I'm saying.
0: Okay, I was going to say, well, they are chickens (laughs) as... The defense that the movie could have used, you know, these are just barnyard animals. We're not talking about something as organized as like the Animal Farm book.
1: Well, I've never read Animal Farm, but my understanding is that it's like communist symbolism, right? I think
0: the pigs are in charge for that one. Yeah. I've never actually read Animal Farm. (laughs) Yeah. I think they made a movie version of it. Maybe I'll watch it one day. I don't know.
1: I remember in sixth grade in our English classroom, there was a copy of Animal Farm on the bookshelf and we would ask about it. And our teacher was like, no, you're not allowed to read that. You're not ready for that. Here's the scarlet letter. (laughs) That kind of thing. (laughs) So I knew the name and I knew it wasn't like a banned book, but I knew it was a book that was above me at the time. And I've never like gone back to read it.
0: One thing that I love about this meeting that they're having is that they have someone at the window and the chicken in the window is like, oh, Mr. Tweedy's coming in. So they scramble to hide everybody. And when Mr. Tweety opens up the top of the chicken coop, all the chickens are just in their bunks. They're making everything seem normal. And they had a teapot that they dressed up like a chicken and put in one of the top bunks. And as he's staring at it, he's like, what's going on here? One of the chickens below the teapot is like making chicken noises so that he just says, oh, okay, it's nothing. And then leaves.
1: So this teapot with a tea cozy on it in the shape of a chicken fools this grown man into thinking it's an actual chicken.
0: Mm-hmm. He's not very bright, just like you said.
1: No, it's very cartoonish.
0: So when the meeting starts... Uh, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Did you say it's very cartoonish?
1: Well, what I, I think what I meant to say, what I should have said, is that it's very much a cartoonish trope.
0: Oh, okay. Because this is a cartoon.
1: Well, yes.
0: Anything that can be described as cartoonish could describe every single thing in this movie.
1: It is a cartoon trope.
0: Okay. Anyway, when the meeting commences, a lot of these chickens are Of the opinion that they should just stop trying to escape because it never works. They're starting to become more concerned with escaping than egg production, which is putting all of them at risk, and it just doesn't seem worth it to them. But Ginger is of a different opinion.
1: She paints this picture for them, and I'm wondering why she's just now painting the picture for them. Why have they not had this conversation before? But anyways, she paints the picture of freedom and feeling the grass beneath your feet, and there's no farm. There's nobody punishing you if you don't produce eggs. None of that. And her speech is pretty good, but it's not terribly convincing. And I can certainly see the point of the chickens, the masses of the chickens, is that they do what they do. They lay eggs, they eat. Most chickens, that's fine. And they're relatively, relatively well treated. They're not in a mass production chicken farm.
0: Right. It could be worse. They could be locked up in tiny little... Wire cages inside of a giant barn, never seeing the sunlight.
1: So on the scale of egg production, they've got it very good. The only thing they don't have is their freedom. And most of them don't really care.
0: And every night, Ginger climbs up on top of one of the coops, and she looks out over the top of the fence at a hill that is far off. And on this particular night... She sees a bunch of geese flying overhead, and she looks up at them with such envy that they're able to fly and she can't. And as the night draws in, Ginger is standing at the fence, and all of a sudden there is an explosion in the distance, and it is the echoing shot of a cannon, which gives way quickly to a figure flying through the air, which is the figure of a rooster.
1: Yes, this is Rocky played by Mel Gibson. And this is when we get his first line as he is flying through the air. He is crying out, freedom. Much like the last line that he says in Braveheart, Mm -hmm. crying out,
0: I'm not going to say that William Wallace was reincarnated as a chicken, (laughs) just because Mel Gibson's character in this movie is distinctly American and not Scottish.
1: He is distinctly American. He also has a very different sentiment about how he views the idea of freedom. He lands in the chicken yard and meets Ginger and they start talking and she reveals that she's trying to escape. And he's like, well, that's easy. I'm going to go do it right now. And she agrees. She's like, yeah, getting one chicken out is easy. Two? Probably not a problem. But we want to get everybody out. And he doesn't really understand why she's worrying so much and risking her own life over and over again to get everybody out. She could have gotten out successfully several times. Many of the escape attempts that we saw in the opening montage would have been successful if not for the other chickens. Mm -hmm. She did her job just fine.
0: Now, we should mention, Rocky doesn't land in the chicken yard.
1: No, he crashes.
0: He is soaring through the air based on the momentum that the cannon gave him. He crashes into the weather vane, spins around, flies back towards the power lines, bounces off of those, and then flies headlong into, I believe, the feed trough, Mm -hmm. which then... Flips around and crushes one of his wings.
1: Yes. So Rocky is now grounded. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Technically, he's he's a rooster, so he's always grounded. But for the sake of what Ginger is seeing, exactly. So Rocky's brought inside and he finds himself in classic Mel Gibson character fashion, waking up surrounded by people who are very interested in him, yet also have a mistaken concept of who he is as a person
1: and like max rocky's inclination is to get out of there yep i'm going to extract myself from this situation and leave. Although Rocky has more ability to do so than Max did. Max was literally tied down because they were afraid he was a bird and he would fly away. Now we have Mel Gibson as a bird who they assume he can fly away but aren't really worried about that happening.
0: I have to say though he's actively trying to get out of there but he's being very charming while he does it.
1: Yeah, it's like he can't help himself.
0: Yeah. Before Rocky really has a chance to get too far, though, Ginger proclaims that Rocky is a flying rooster and he is going to teach all of them how to fly so that they can fly out of this camp. This farm, that they're all held in, but Rocky, of course, is not interested in this because his only idea is that he's going to just leave, as you said, until the circus comes by looking for their prized flying rooster.
1: I do really like in this scene how quick-witted Ginger is. She immediately realizes what's going on, that he himself has only recently escaped from bondage and is on the run and needs them just as much as they need him.
0: And so they have to quickly put together this agreement where Rocky will teach the hens to fly in exchange for being hidden from Mr. and Mrs. Tweedy and the circus guy because Rocky wants to just be out in the world. He doesn't want to be a circus performer anymore. And as reluctant as Rocky is to teach all of the hens to fly... And as reluctant as Ginger is to have Rocky leave, they strike up this agreement.
1: And from Ginger's point of view, it's mutually beneficial. Rocky knows that it's not mutually beneficial and... Really has no qualms about that.
0: Mm-hmm. And so the training begins the next morning. He starts them off doing calisthenics, mm-hmm. different exercises and whatnot. And the chickens are just so enamored with the idea of Rocky that they're letting him slack off because he's healing and he's teaching them and whatnot. And so they make him like a little hot tub. And Ginger is so not impressed by any of this exercise regimen that he's putting them through and so he says okay let's learn how to fly and he's having them jump off of the coops and flip through the air on little trampolines and the mice come back to watch and oh my gosh the chicken puns come fast and furious in this section.
1: Did you write any of them down? Heck
0: no, there were so many of them. Oh man. I put my notes together strictly for the structure of the summary and I technically did get uh, three and a quarter pages of notes out of this, but I did not write down any of the chicken puns.
1: I did a quick Google search to see if anybody had written down the chicken puns from Chicken Run and they haven't. Oh. Not too without bad. not without digging.
0: So by the end of the week or however long it is in this movie, the chickens are tired, they are disheartened, and Ginger is frustrated that they're just not seeing better outcomes. And out of nowhere. A giant truck arrives, and of course, Rocky thinks that it's the circus come back for him, but no, it is the delivery truck for the pie-making machine that Mrs. Tweedy ordered out of the magazine. And it is there, they unload it, and Mr. Tweedy starts putting it together. And we are now working on a ticking clock situation. And amidst the revelation of this machine's arrival, we get a quick side from Mac, who shows up with a diagram to talk to Ginger, is like, hey, I don't think chickens are built for flight.
1: Yeah, again, I'm wondering why they're just now figuring this out. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been one of their first ideas? (laughs) Like, well, hey, why can't we fly out of here? We have wings. We are birds. They seem to be self-aware enough for that. Why can't we fly? Mm -hmm. And Mac is obviously smart enough to figure out why not.
0: Yeah. In fact, Rocky goes off to cavort with the other hens and Ginger pulls him back out again. And Mac follows them and says, hey, we don't have thrust. You know, geese have thrust. Ducks have thrust. Chickens do not have thrust. And Rocky's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Thrust is the thing. It's, it's one of the two parts of flying. And he promises that they will start seeing results on the next day.
1: The next day, he has rigged up a contraption using suspenders uh-huh. and a cart that he bought from the rats... For the price of all the eggs that Rocky lays in a specific amount of time. Mm -hmm. This is another scenario where Rocky knows that the deal is one-sided and has absolutely no qualms about lying or omitting the truth to get what he needs.
0: Yes, it's the American way as opposed to the more quaint and honest British way. (laughs) apparently that plan the bungee cord and cart plan has not a lot of great success
1: no but again along with the catapult they're on the right track
0: oh absolutely they're just
1: executing it poorly Mm -hmm. they're flinging straight forward when they need to be flinging up at an angle they need to watch someone play the game angry birds
0: right (laughs) That's what they need.
1: And that is such a simple contraption. It's a slingshot. And it's all about the angle. They're not getting the angle. They don't need to fly.
0: One of my favorite... Mr. Tweedy suspects the chickens of doing something. <laughs> scenes actually comes during the exercise montage because the chickens are in the yard doing push-ups, and Mr. Tweedy walks by, sees all the chickens doing push-ups, and then has to do a second take. And he calls over to Mrs. Tweedy, and when he looks back, all of the chickens are just doing their normal chickeny thing.
1: Yes, but not in a normal chicken thing way. They're doing their chicken thing like humans pretend to do chicken thing, like yeah. with the chicken arms and the bok bok bok. That's how they're doing chicken thing.
0: <laughs> it's great because he keeps having to repeat it's all in my head it's all in my head so amidst all of this trying to fly stuff a roll call happens mrs Tweedy gathers all of the birds up into their serried ranks And Babs, who is one of the chickens that is always knitting, that's her thing.
1: Yeah, she's pretty dumb.
0: She has not produced any eggs that week, and so everyone is convinced that Babs is going to be taken and brought to the slaughterhouse. But instead of grabbing Babs, Mrs. Tweedy measures her for size. And then looks over at Mr. Tweedy and says, I want all of the chickens to be the same size, double the feed. And so that's what he does, because they are now actively trying to fatten their chickens.
1: And the chickens fall for it hook, line, and sinker. Oh, yeah. But as per usual, Ginger is smarter than that and sees that something suspicious is happening and very dramatically reveals this to the group. And now they're all depressed about food
0: yeah they are gathered around the feed trough and they are just digging in and she's like stop everybody stop and she takes the feed trough and flips it over completely and she's like don't you see what they're trying to do they're trying to fatten us up they're all gonna kill us and all this other stuff and rocky has to pull her aside and he's like hey listen um you're not doing them any favors like you're scaring them you're not helping to motivate them and they get this little cross-cultural conversation about how do you motivate people it's the honest way versus the dishonest way and that leads rocky outside to just see how depressed everybody is and so he goes to the mice and he's like hey i need you to get me something and it's revealed that the mice have stolen a radio for him because they're gonna have a little dance party
1: yeah i didn't remember about this dance party scene and i was wondering how they were gonna translate the homemade still scene from The Great Escape into Chicken Run. In The Great Escape, the two Americans who are James Garner and Steve McQueen running up to the 4th of July start stealing all the potatoes. And I think they steal other stuff too because I think really all you need is like starches and make homemade vodka, sort of. I suppose it's probably classified more as a moonshine and it's pretty dang strong and they share it all around and they have a great camaraderie moment that ends unhappily, but I can't remember quite why. I think somebody dies. I can't remember why it ends sad, but this is how they've replaced that scene of the morale boosting.
0: One thing that's kind of nice is that out on the dance floor, Rocky and Ginger start to loosen up around each other. They've had this very confrontational relationship leading up to this point in the movie and it's here that they start to loosen up and really start to sort of see eye to eye a little bit yeah and it's also in this party scene that it's revealed that rocky's wing has healed and so ginger is all about hey now you can give us a demonstration of flight How great is that?
1: Oh, yeah, that's great.
0: After the party scene is over, Ginger and Rocky are outside and Rocky is about to tell Ginger something, but they're interrupted by the Tweedies firing up the pie machine for the first time.
1: This scene is straight from like a romantic comedy. Ginger heads up to the spot on top of the hut where she goes every night and happens to find Rocky there, who is just looking for solitude. Mm -hmm. And they have a nice conversation and he feels guilty about lying about being able to fly and he wants to tell her but she's so grateful to him for how he's helping them that he doesn't have the heart to break her heart and all this is interrupted like you said by the sound of the engine
0: Mm -hmm. And so Mrs. Tweedy wants to see how the machine works and so she tells Mr. Tweedy to grab a chicken and of course Mr. Tweedy is terribly frustrated with Ginger and so that's the one that he grabs. And all the heads panic because Ginger was taken. So Rocky decides that he is going to be the one to save Ginger. I think it takes a little bit of a coaxing from fowler and the other heads they look to rocky they're like hey you can fly go fly over there and save her and he's like no i got a better idea
1: and once again he proves that it is extremely easy to escape from this pen Mm -hmm. he does it without any planning and he slingshots himself over the fence And into the barn.
0: Yeah. They uh, help him climb up a power line. Which, why are the power lines going over the chicken coop? That's what I want to know. And he zip lines his way.
1: Zip lines, not slingshots.
0: Using a coat hanger. And he goes through the window. And I don't think he gets flung through the window. I think he pops through the window and then he can like see what's going on, but he's able to see Ginger loaded into the chicken machine, and then when Mr. and Mrs. Tweety's backs are turned, he's able to jump down to the machine to try and save her.
1: Before we get too much further on, his method of escape using the coat hanger to zip line across the power lines, that is repeatable. Oh, yeah. Everybody could do that.
0: Except that the power lines lead to the barn.
1: Right, but the barn is still outside the fence.
0: That's a good point.
1: They can't even get outside the fence. Ginger has no problem getting outside the fence. The others are too dim-witted to do so, but Rocky's method is repeatable and relatively simple.
0: Through shenanigans, both Rocky and Ginger are swept up into the machine, and we get this lovely action sequence of them going from portion to portion in the machine, having to dodge the shredding elements, having to go through the pie assembly line, having to escape the oven. At one point, Rocky uses a carrot to clog a gravy dispenser.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of pies being assembled here, but the intention is that there's only one chicken in the system, even though there's two, but there's actually none. Yeah. So... All the other pies are just gravy and vegetables. Yep. That's a waste of money. Mm -hmm. The chicken in the pie is the draw. People don't buy vegetable pies for dinner.
0: So why are there so many pies? It's just how the machine works.
1: I will tell you why there's so many pies. It's because the Tweedies are bad business people.
0: They really are. So through all of these calamities and shenanigans, Ginger and Rocky are able to escape the machine. They disable it. They throw... All sorts of wrenches into the mix, and they discover that the Tweeties are going to start marketing chicken pies. They have this sticker that is stamped onto Rocky's chest, and they bring it back into the coop. And the other chickens do not react well with this, but one thing that does happen out of this little rescue is that Fowler gains a new respect for Rocky. He commends him.
1: He does. And he bestows upon him a medal that he himself had received for honorable service. He gives it to Rocky.
0: One thing that we really haven't mentioned about Fowler is that he is an old RAF mascot rooster. Yeah. And so he's got that very posh, very straight-laced, old English military aspect to him that does not jive very well with Rocky's American sensibilities. But getting back to the story, Rocky is feeling very uncomfortable about this, and so he goes up to the thinking spot on the roof where he runs into Ginger again. And they're at that point where they've experienced something very exciting and... Very scary and they narrowly escape death. So they have that connection there and they have that conversation on the roof. And Rocky wants to tell her something so bad. And yet he just can't bring himself to do it.
1: And Ginger, for all her intelligence, lets him get away with not telling her. He's like on the verge. And then he ends up saying, well, what I mean is you're welcome. After her, thank you. And she's like, okay, cool. (laughs) She is smarter than that.
0: I think she's smitten with him. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. She likes the cut of his jib.
1: She likes the cut of his dangly bit. Right. I can't remember what it's called.
0: So the next morning, Ginger and the other hens are all ready to see Rocky do his thing. And for most of this movie, they've had this poster of Rocky from the circus. And it's the, I would say, top two thirds of a poster depicting, you know, Rocky, the flying rooster, and he's soaring through the air and all that And Ginger goes to find Rocky, but what he's done is he's left behind the metal that Fowler gave him on top of a folded piece of paper, and that folded piece of paper is the bottom third of that poster, which depicts him being shot out of a cannon.
1: The thrust that chickens are lacking.
0: Yes, and Mac is very impressed by the cannon. Yeah. Obviously. But the revelation that Rocky never knew how to fly for real really upsets the hens. And they start bickering and fighting in amongst themselves, like full-on dogpile fighting. And Ginger is over off to the side just lamenting their situation. And Fowler's medal that he gave to Rocky gets flung off and lands in the mud at Ginger's feet. And then she picks up the medal and asks a question that I can't believe no one has ever asked before this point. She says, Fowler, what is the RAF? (laughs) He mentions the RAF so often.
1: I think he mentions it so often that they just tune him out.
0: They are not (laughs) listening
1: to him anymore. They barely do what he says.
0: So he tells them it's the Royal Air Force and... He talks about his Air Force days and going up in the crate. And she's like, what do you mean this crate thing? And so he shows them a picture of a World War II bomber. And Ginger's like, oh, well, we'll just make one of these.
1: Right. We'll just make an airplane.
0: Because it's that easy. But with the help of the mice, they start paying the mice in eggs. And they build a plane in a montage that parallels a montage of Mr. Tweety fixing the machine.
1: Yes, because they only have... Until that machine is fixed. So once again, ticking clock.
0: So they've got all of the hens working together. They are slowly dismantling the chicken yard in order to build this contraption. And... Fowler is going to be their pilot, and Mac is getting all of the science together, and elsewhere, Rocky is riding around the countryside on a tricycle with that radio strapped to the back of it, and he's singing to himself, Yep. along with The Wanderer by, is it George Thorogood who sings that?
1: I have no idea. You know I'm rubbish with names. That's true. I know the song very, very well, but I don't know what it's called or who sings it.
0: But as Rocky is traveling along, he comes across a billboard for Mrs. Tweedy's chicken pies, which that's awfully bold of the Tweeties to buy advertising when they don't even have a product to sell yet. Right.
1: They have not successfully made a chicken pie.
0: Putting an awful lot of their eggs in one basket mm-hmm. is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And... This gives Rocky pause. It's a bit of a foreshadow for what's going to come later. But back at the farm, the chickens are very effectively orchestrating their own means of escape, independent of Rocky. They are doing this themselves, and it's great until Mr. and Mrs. Tweedy fix the machine.
1: And Mrs. Tweedy is no longer interested in testing out how this is going to work with one chicken. She wants to dump all the chickens in there. Let's get this over with. Which is not a sustainable business model, but we've already talked about how they're crappy business people.
0: So Mr. Tweedy goes into the hen yard and he pops open the top of one of the shelters and all of the chickens are inside working with tools, building, being industrious. And he looks down and he's like, oh, that's where all my tools are. Yeah. Little thieves. And they attack him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That was great. Except, except, they're holding tools made of metal that can hurt people and they drop the tools and just start pecking at him.
0: Have I told you about farmyard horror stories from 4 H kids that I read online about mm-hmm. how vicious chickens can be?
1: I think you have. And I know that chickens are vicious.
0: Yeah. Chickens were once velociraptors and they've never forgotten that. <laughs> Like, I'm talking about stories of chickens getting a taste for blood and attacking other chickens. I'm talking about stories of field mice getting into a chicken yard and being stripped to the bone in minutes. Because Mm -hmm. the chickens flock together, descend, and peck that thing apart. Chickens are not herbivores. They are omnivores. (laughs) They will eat whatever you give them, much like pigs.
1: Pigs terrify me, so I suppose chickens should terrify me as well.
0: Oh yeah, farmyards are terrifying places. We've just domesticated those animals to the point that we're not afraid of them anymore. (laughs) So with Mr. Tweedy covered in chickens, they are able to subdue him. They tie him up. And they trap him underneath one of the chicken coops. They lift it up, they toss him under, and they drop it on him.
1: <laughs> I, I'm not sure what I was expecting, but I was tickled that he doesn't disappear under the hut. The hut just lands on top of him, and now it's a foot or two off the ground.
0: Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. And so all of the chickens decide that it's time to leave. There's no more time for preparation. There's no more time for additional Elements be put together, it is time to assemble the plane and leave.
1: And this plane assembly scene, everything was built into the existing structure, and then the structures they transformed transformer style from a Mack truck into an airplane
0: and keep in mind this is all like stop motion claymation and there are so many moving parts and elements coming together it's probably one of the most impressive parts of this movie where all of these disparate parts come together and the wings open there's a fantastic image of the wings just extending from their folded up position and so all the chickens get into place they have these little tricycle style crank things that they're sitting on so they can power the machine. And Ginger's like, all right, Fowler, let's go. And Fowler is sitting behind her at one of the pedaling stations. He's like, right, I'm right behind you. And she's like, um, you're supposed to be flying this thing. And he's like, I was a mascot. I don't know how to fly. And they're like, what are you talking about? Get up there and fly.
1: And eventually he does. Yeah. He does take quite a bit of convincing, though. She,
0: she has to call his honor into question or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so he gets up in the pilot seat and all of the chickens start to pedal and they have a runway with Christmas lights and a little ramp at the end. And so they start going for it.
1: Yeah, finally they figured out that they know how to get velocity. They need to figure out the correct direction to apply that velocity so they have a ramp at the end of the runway.
0: And what's nice is as this plane is going down the runway, they start to lift off the ground a little bit. They're yeah. not, they are not—they don't have the right elements to lift off independently, but once they hit that ramp, they'll be fine. Except that Mr. Tweedy comes back and kicks the ramp down, and so they have to spin the plane around, go back down to the end of the runway, and then try again. So Ginger hops out, and she's like, I can fix this. I'll take care of it. Trouble is, as Ginger goes to raise the ramp, Mrs. Tweedy shows up with a hatchet.
1: She's not messing around. No. She's always been a menacing figure in this movie, but she really pulls out all the stops for this finale action scene.
0: And Ginger would be gone for if not for the re-emergence of Rocky, who comes in like Han Solo at the 11th hour and through shenanigans takes out Mrs. Tweedy, like knocks her out or something like that. And they're able to get the ramp up, the plane takes off, but in the process of taking off, They've wrapped some of the Christmas lights around the landing gear of the plane, and so the plane takes off. It's trailing this line, and Rocky and Ginger are able to grab the line and get lifted up into the air.
1: But they're not the only ones who are able to grab the line. No. And I am very impressed at this flying machine that they have created that can take the weight Of a grown woman. Mrs. Tweedy woke up in time to grab the end of the light strand and is being pulled high up in the air, like above the trees. Mm -hmm. That's some very impressive engineering by chickens.
0: And Fowler is concerned because they can't maintain their altitude with this much drag, and so he calls back to Mac, who is controlling all of the gear shifting that powers the engines and he calls for more power and this is where the star trek reference comes in
1: yes i'm I'm giving it all she's got i I can't do any more.
0: something like that something like that it's with a scottish accent so yeah whatever they're saying they're saying but mac is very much the scotty in this situation
1: yeah there was another star trek reference wasn't there before this there was another star trek thing but i can't remember what it was
0: yeah i can't remember with this hanger on trailing behind them, Ginger calls to Babs for some scissors because Babs is always knitting. So of course she'd have scissors, but she doesn't have regular scissors. She has like little plastic safety scissors.
1: They're so dumb. (laughs) And of course, because Babs is seriously, she's so stupid. Oh my gosh.
0: Might as well be a turkey.
1: She's hilarious though. She really is quite funny. So she's got these safety scissors that she throws out to Ginger.
0: And so Ginger climbs out on the line in an attempt to cut the strand of lights that's trailing behind them and we get to this point where it's ginger eye to eye with mrs tweedy and mrs tweedy has this hatchet and she's going to cut ginger's head off and ginger through being clever tricks mrs tweedy into cutting the line herself So that way, all Ginger has to do is just let go of Mrs. Tweedy's end of the line, and she'll fall from the sky, which is what happens.
1: Yep, and Mrs. Tweedy is, at least to the chickens, taken care of.
0: Yeah, she falls from the sky into the top of her pie-making machine, Yep, clogging an emergency output, and it causes the machine to overload... And explode, destroying the chicken farm.
1: How did she not die in that explosion?
0: It's kind of cartoony, wouldn't you say?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. After she falls into the emergency valve, Mr. Tweety comes in, sees what's going on, and instead of unplugging the machine or helping her, he just shuts the door. Yeah. And leaves like he never saw it. I think that he wanted her to die. <laughs> And would have plausible deniability that he had nothing to do with it, didn't know it was going to happen, didn't have an opportunity to rescue her. Yeah. That he was just going to pretend like he didn't see it and let natural events unfold that would result in her death. (laughs) But she doesn't die. No.
0: Because it's a kid's cartoon. The only person that dies is that one chicken that is beheaded Uh for dinner.
1: Yeah. And then we see her carcass on the dinner table.
0: That's kind of dark. Yes, it is. But other than that, it's a fairly low body count. <laughs> so the chickens are able to fly to safety and they end up settling on a little island in the middle of a pond that has been marked a bird sanctuary. And they go, they cross out bird and just write chicken. But they build this little society with little huts and and it's showed that Rocky's going to stay there with Ginger and there are chicks everywhere. And
1: So the chicks. Yeah. There are only two males. Right. So those two males are responsible for fertilizing all those chickens.
0: Yeah, they try to say, oh yeah, Rocky and Ginger are a monogamous couple, but that's not the case. Nope,
1: nope, it very much isn't, which is totally fine. That's the way of chickens. They're not monogamous, but they are displayed to us as very humanoid, and they have told us a love story for the pair of them, and they're not addressing the differences in culture between humans and chickens.
0: Maybe... It's a for love alone situation where the chickens have been able to divorce love from sex and Rocky and Ginger have realized that they share a romantic love between them
1: but rocky has a job to do
0: yeah a time may come where another hen loves rocky in the same way that ginger loves him and all she asks is that when that day comes that he continues to love her the same way i I don't know if i said that right but you get the idea
1: right now if they stayed on the farm and it was a breeding farm instead of an egg farm It would have been more like a boy and his dog, where there's one rooster who is (laughs) repeatedly harvested.
0: Oh, I could see that. I could see Mr. and Mrs. Tweety tying Rocky up to a bed or something like that and just leading the hens in a succession. They come in, they have their little wedding things, and then the hen leaves, and they bring in a new hen. Mm -hmm. That's not how chickens work. They don't breed (laughs) like mammals, but you get the idea. It's just a shame with Chicken Run that Rocky didn't have to go through several burrows fighting different themed chicken gangs in order to get to a certain point to parlay (laughs) with the other boss. That's too bad.
1: We could tie all of our hiatus material into one movie.
0: It especially would have been good if instead of just having Mr. and Mrs. Tweedy, there were also a bunch of kids at the farm where two of the kids were the children of Mr. and Mrs. Tweedy and one was a cousin and one of the kids was played by Nicole Kidman in one of her first roles although by 2000 she'd been in a lot of roles so it wouldn't have been one of her first but you get the idea. Yes. So we've hit Bush Christmas, we've hit Bronx Warriors, we got A Boy and His Dog for Love Alone. Uh musical score by The Who? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the dance scene could have been a song by The Who instead of I don't even recall what song it was. Or
0: when they fly over the fence, you just play I'm Free. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> So, out of this movie, what would you say was your favorite thing?
1: I think my favorite thing on this go-around is Mr. Tweety. I don't think I'd ever noticed before how (laughs) dim-witted he is. And I, of course, noticed how he gets walked all over. But when he's not being smushed down by Mrs. Tweety, he's kind of a delightful character. And he's just so doofy. He reminds me of Arthur Weasley. (laughs) (laughs) But not a good version of Arthur Weasley, because at the end, he's still vicious towards these beings that he is learning are sentient. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite thing?
0: Oh, I got such a kick out of the mice doing the chicken puns during the training montage. (laughs) Because every time a chicken tried to fly and that chicken inevitably failed, they had a pun for that. And it was amazing. I would not have been able to keep up with their punning. And I, it just delighted me. absolutely
1: did you have a least favorite thing
0: i think my least favorite thing about this movie going back to our last conversation about tommy has to go not so much with the movie specifically but with the convention of filmmaking i don't like it when you have a situation where two people could be romantically linked to each other and yet there is a secret that one of them has that they do not just come right out and tell the other person it's the rom-com thing
1: it is it frustrates me it's a very all the time it's a very heavily played trope and it's also just not how real romantic relationships work if you're keeping a big secret from me and i discover what it is First of all, I'm not going to react the way that she reacted. If I I find out you've been lying to me about something so basic as the ability to fly, well, then we're done. It's just so unrealistic.
0: I just have a problem with it because it's been so played out. I'm tired of it. Yeah. And I don't like seeing it because it reminds me of all of the other times that I've seen it. And it just seems so obvious that the chickens should know that chickens cannot naturally fly. And I don't know, that's... Always been a bit of a hang-up for me in this movie. So that's probably my least favorite part. All right. What about you?
1: My least favorite is the gap in engineering. I mentioned it before that Mac had all of the knowledge that she needed to figure out how to get them out, and they danced around it like the entire movie. But she was smart enough the whole time.
0: Yeah. That's one thing that I actually kind of like about this movie is that the chickens did not need Rocky to escape.
1: I do like that. I just... It shouldn't have taken a whole movie for them to figure that out. But I do appreciate that this is a group of women who think that they need a man to save them, and they don't. They're disappointed by that man and then come up with a completely independent plan.
0: It's a fun movie. It
1: is a fun movie.
0: Do you have any last thoughts or recommendations related to Chicken Run?
1: My my recommendation is to watch this movie. If you have never seen The Great Escape, watch The Great Escape. I recommend seeing The Great Escape first before you see Chicken Run because... Think you'll enjoy Chicken Run more understanding the references.
0: That's, of course, the 1963 version. Yes. Because there are multiple movies just called The Great Escape. So 1963 with Steve McQueen.
1: By the way, that movie is nearly three hours long.
0: Yeah, so my final thought is I had a lot of fun watching this movie again. The animation style that Park and Lord employ is delightful. There's so much enthusiasm and expression that you can see in these characters. It's well worth the watch. And if you don't have three hours to watch The Great Escape, Chicken Run is a perfectly fine substitute for that same escape the concentration camp feel without any of the implied darkness of dealing with literal Nazis. (laughs) In fact... Fowler mentions the Jerrys on multiple occasions in this movies and I just had to get such a laugh out of it that here they are mentioning literal Nazis when they are in a concentration camp. for <laughs> chickens. I just got such a kick out of that. So here at the end, this has been our last hiatus episode before we come back to do Mad Max Fury Road. Keep an eye on the feed. We should be back in about two weeks with that. Uh, of course, any sort of update information you can find on our facebook page or just go to our main website either way the information is there and season four is rapidly approaching no one is more aware of that than i i can assure you (laughs) so thank you for sticking with us through the hiatus we'll be back with regular programming very soon The Mad Max Minute podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham.
1: The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions, and distributed by Warner Brothers. Chicken Run is presented by DreamWorks Animation.
0: Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is Verdi's Dies Irae by Daniel Batista of DanielBatista.com
1: Our home on the internet is MadMaxMinute.com You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute, like us on Facebook by searching for Mad Max Minute, and join our Facebook listener group, Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone.
0: If you'd like to support the podcast, visit MadMaxMinute.com where you can check out our tea Public storefront by clicking the store link, join our Patreon by clicking the support link or make a one-time donation by clicking the donate link
1: thank you for joining us for Mad Max minute we'll see you next time Flip, flop, I don't care if i die Flip, flop, I don't care if i die